Yo, what's up? My name is Dell. Uh, today I am joined by recording artist Tadashi. Is that, is that, is that it? I mean, That's I know good. you're a man of many. Hey, bro, it's all good. That works. <laughs> that works. And we're here. Um, this is called the work in progress. This is the way that we tricked Andy to put out a whole bunch of songs that he didn't want to release commercially or we couldn't release commercially for a whole bunch of reasons. And today we're talking about a record called 1988. Yep. Talk to us about that record, man. Tell us like the whole backstory behind it. Yeah, I was uh, I was born 1988, so of course it was fitting just to do that. And um, uh, it was my 29th birthday, and you know what what I've learned in the past is that as an artist, you create, you have inspiration, you have thoughts. And what I've done a lot of times is written them down in my phone, and never gotten back to them. And so what I'm realizing more and more over time is like there's so many songs, so many beautiful ideas that I've missed and have the world has missed the opportunity for me to share them because I wrote them down and just said I'll get to them later as opposed to just moving on it immediately when the inspiration hits. Like I got songs for my wedding that never came out, you know, and that's five years later. Yeah. And I just wish, man, I, I wish I would have put out those songs, those feelings that were on my heart at the time. So I was 29, my birthday was coming up, my 30th, and um, I was like, yo, I got these thoughts and I'm talking through it with all my friends. I'm like, these are good ideas. They should come out in the world. And I was like, you know what? I'm dropping everything. I'm recording it. I want to capture the, the feeling in the moment. And so I got with Knotts, who's like one of my favorite producers of all time, like iconic hip hop producer. He sent me a whole batch of beats. I found what I loved and I just started going and uh, spilling all my thoughts on being 29, turning 30, aging, fear. And um, so that's what happened with this record. And I wanted to drop it on my birthday. And so it had samples in it, had all kinds of stuff. So we just SoundClouded it. We couldn't really put a commercial release to it. And uh, I loved it. Um, and it was weird is about SoundCloud is it kind of stays in its own like little separate world sometimes. And, you know, fans sometimes don't even know that stuff exists. So yeah. now we're getting a chance to release it commercially on DSP. So it's out now with yeah, this podcast. Yeah, you can listen to it right now, actually. Yeah. So. Um, and so, yeah, I, uh, I still think it's an important record. You know, and so we, we found a way to get the beat remade and put out, and um, that's what ha just happened. And we just played the record now for Tadashi, and he got to hear it for the first time, yeah, which bro. is cool. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's been out. He didn't get a chance to hear it. No Because that stuff kind of hangs under, right. under the radar. It just stays you know? under the radar, man. Yeah, you were, you were sharing some of the thoughts. Yeah, he started to record, respond yeah. to it. He's like, wow. And I was like, stop. <laughs> roll the tape. Roll it. Yeah. Hey man, listen, first of all, it, the song's amazing. I so I'm listening to it and I'm I'm relating to so much cuz you're you're thinking through your own life. You think through your own moments of when a milestone age occurs and you're going, "Oh yeah, I remember that moment." But then the song ends and the way you end it with a real life like I, I it, that couldn't have been staged when everybody starts singing happy birthday. Like that had to be like a voice memo or like some real audio where it's like everybody singing to you happy birthday at the end of this record and you go, yo, that was, that was, that jolted me back mm. into reality for life mm. where I was like, yo, there's, there's no way I can escape the con the conflict in me right now because everybody around me is celebrating life mm. but I'm I'm reserved and at the same time wanting to celebrate because I don't know how I feel about getting older there's no one to ever give me any sort of excitement about it mm. my my only um hang on the street racers deciding drag that. racers <laughs> Tokyo through. Drift over right, right, right. <laughs> Oh, Tokyo I got Drift that one, in the I got face. that one from Justin. And let the record, <laughs> let the record stay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't take all the credit for I that. I can't, I can't, I can't. But you had the right timing. You had the right timing. Time yeah, that's everything. right, Justin. You hear that? Time is everything. Time is everything. Um, <laughs> but, man, the, 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 like, the only time that I've seen people celebrate life is when um, kids would celebrate parents who were older or when parents had lost a kid. And they celebrate life and remember that life. Like, oh, my little cousin got shot in the hood. We, we got a T-shirt. We remember him. Or, yo, grandpa finna turn 80. That's a big deal. Like, my dad is about to turn uh, in May. He'll be uh, 70. And so we're planning this big thing yeah. for him. He lives on the island, so he's flying to the States. We're doing this big deal. And I'm going, you know what? I never once thought, like, how do you feel about getting older, Pop? Like, what, what does that do? What do you do with that? Mm. And so um, the, way, the way you ended the song, bro, was phenomenal because it just, it brought back to reality life 
for real, for people going through a real moment. And then you're sitting in that moment. And I just, in my own head, because I'm visual, I just see you at the table with the cake in front of you, ready to blow out candles and everybody singing. <laughs> and you just got kind of this blank stare looking at this candle, flickering this light. And you're just kind of like looking into it going, I'm 30. I'm, yeah. I'm freaking 30. While everybody else is celebrating. Yeah. And you're like, I don't know. I guess I sing. I guess that's what I do. Yeah. So, yeah, bro. I thought it was phenomenal. Thanks, man. And that was phenomenal. a real audio clip from my birthday party. So, you know, sometimes if your birthday fall on like a Wednesday, yeah, you yeah. celebrate on the weekend early. Yep, yep. So we did that. So, you know, someone sent me that video and I just pulled the audio out and jolted it against the end. So it, it would feel like I'm sitting around the cake and I'm having these thoughts. Well, and then you snap back into reality and this is what's happening. That was right. kind of my visual. Killed it. it. Thanks, man. You, you definitely pulled that off. It did Thank that to you. me, so. You were saying, like, you are, well, at one point, I guess you weren't as, uh, what's the word, intentional about recording ideas or archiving them so when they hit you so that you can come back to them later. Mm -hmm. yeah. But you did with this, and that's what, that's what kind of led to you making this song, right? Well, basically, I moved on it instantly. And, well, and what was the what was the seed? What was the idea that you got at that moment? It uh, was just like, yo, I'm turning 30. I don't know how I feel about that. I yeah, well, what, you know what I started realizing is like, I go through stuff in my life and I process things and I think I'm good at that. Like thinking through things and trying to find the purpose and the meaning and, and, and that. And a lot of times the only people that benefit from that are my friends who get to hear my convos, mm -hmm. you know, where I actually, you know, these are some of the weird thoughts of an artist. Like, People who don't have friends might be better artists because they only have their music to put that stuff in. Right, right. <laughs> Where I end up processing a lot of my, I'm not saying that's like a, I, it's just a funny thought. Like yeah, yeah. maybe if you don't have anybody to talk to, all you do is talk to all people in your music and people pen. are like, yes. Yeah. But I actually talk through the most deep, meaningful, hard things with people in real life. So sometimes when it comes to creating music, I don't always feel the need to bring it in. And so I have to remind myself like, oh, this is beneficial for people. Mm. I should probably put these thoughts down. And, um, you know, I'm just, I just realized more and more as, as an artist, man, like if you don't move on it when the emotion or the feeling or the momentum is there, you're probably never going to come back to it. Yeah. And that's just like this really sad reality that I'm like living with, like, okay, we got to do it now. And I've, I've had that happen all, all throughout my career. Mm -hmm. Great thought, great idea. We should move on it. And I think that's why even some of this podcast and this, you know, we're opening the vaults of my hard drive and being yeah. like, all right, all these songs have been sitting around for years. Let's just put them out, man. Like, let's not let those things die on a hard drive. So, yeah, the, the inspiration was turning 30. That's such a milestone, man. That's like, yo, I'm leaving my 20s. Like, and your 20s, especially in culture, are glorified as this, like, this is the peak of creativity. This is the peak of sexiness, your physical appearance, yeah, like, yeah. all that stuff. And, um, you know, as I started to so get closer. So has peaked, what, Ben 25? peaked. <laughs> peaked at 25. I peaked in high school. <laughs> Second uh, or you had to say goodbye to sexy Andy. Peaked early. Nah, I think I'm a late bloomer. Oh, there it is. There it is. Ooh, okay, I like but, that. Uh, I mean, my nickname was never delicious, but hey, that was your nickname. Well, there was you know uh, yes, in grammar school yes, there was a yes. group of girls that used to call me delicious, but it was a funny thing. It wasn't anything more mm -hmm. than that. It's grammar mm -hmm. school. Sure, it was. Mm -hmm. Innocent. It's innocent. But nah, honestly, um. <laughs> You know, like, I, it's funny, I'll start texting my buddy uh, Joel from uh, Weatherman, 42 North, and he's like, man, you know, he's from Philly, so he's always saying ball. And he was like, <laughs> oh, ball. <laughs> and he's like, I'm getting ready to turn 30. And we would just send these memes of, like, somebody washing themselves. He's like, you're washed, you know? Yo, congrats. Yeah, it's so funny, man. It's like, oh. for some people, 30 is wild old mm -hmm. for some people 30 is like you're just getting started yeah and it's hard to have perspective in it man i remember turning i don't know if y'all remember this but like when you turned 18 were you like whoa or when you turned 21 you were like it's like yo it's on 
It's weird though how like certain ages also bring about excitement, but like fear. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, this means I'm getting older. Yeah. Like, it's moving and you can't stop it. Like everyone, if you're lucky, you're going to hit, yeah. you know. If you're um, lucky, you'll be an old bull. Yeah. Old bull. Well, you know, that's the first line of the song where it was like, um, I told my mama, like, I wish that I could stop it. Yeah. She's like, what's your other option? You either in the grave or you get another year, so be happy that, you know, blow these candles out, just be happy that you're here. Yeah. And I'm like, dang, getting older can feel whack. Like, oh, I don't want to leave my youth. But the other option is what? What else you know? is there? What else is there? What else is there? You can only get older. That's it. And, you know, so I'm finding better perspective now through it. But There's, there's a... Uh... There's a perspective that I got, like you said, 18 was 18 was freedom, right? 21 was freedom with benefits. It's like, oh, I can do something with this freedom. 25, I was like, oh, I can really rent a car. We about to go out of town with this freedom. Like it was all these milestones, right? And then 30 came and I was like, uh, this is cool, but I don't know how to feel for real. Like, it's like all, all is all the good days are they gone now? Is that what it is? Yeah. Mm. And I had no. I was like, who do I talk to about this? Who do I ask these mm. questions? Because I don't know who's going to be able to explain it in a way that I can get excited about this. And I talked to a friend of mine in Memphis, and he said, um, um, he said, twenty is the is twenty the twenties are the is the age where you think you know it all. Thirties are the age where you feel the pressure to match what you said you knew. Mm. And then 40s is the age where you realize, I'm good. I'm just gonna mm. figure it out and make it happen. Yeah. And he said a lot of his peers, this was an older dude, he was, I think he's like 60 something now, but he was saying to me like, man, I just, I just now stopped feeling like I had to win the rat race. And I, I can just enjoy my family. I can just enjoy what I've done and then walk graciously into whatever's coming. Cause in the song you said it, like, you, this is gonna end. Life is gonna end, and so I can't just pretend like time is not gonna keep going without me. Someday that's gonna happen, but it's just that hard reality to face. It's and it's harder when you, when you're, ideally, statistically, I guess, you, you're further away from it in your twenties than you are moving forward. So it's harder to think through and care about, you know. So. Yeah, and I and I gotta tell this. I have a story. Is that what you were hinting at? I have a story no. of how like. So let me tell this story. It might take a second, but. So, yo, at 29, I was doing, I think, the Friends and Family Tour. Mm -hmm. And, like, I think I had maybe just turned 29, something like that. And, like, yo, I was having all these, like, thoughts about life. When my mom was alive, she told me, like, 30, that the same thing happened to her. She was like, man, it was a really weird time because you're yeah. leaving your 20s. And so she was like, nah, Andy, that's normal, like, to feel this fear of the next stage of life mm -hmm. but I had all these like existential thoughts like I was having these moments where I was going yo not only are we here for a blip of time but in a lot of ways it almost doesn't even matter and like so this that can sound messed up unless I explain <laughs> it but I'm like I, I use this example I said there's a TV hanging up right here who invented the television did any of y'all know? Um, Bob Television. He, uh, from the, uh, this brother said Bob. <laughs> nobody in here. Even the nobody. producers. Nobody, nobody knows. Television, anybody? Listen, nobody in this room. Sam Sam Song. It's not bad, actually. It's not bad. That's a good this one. This man is crazy. Here's the crazy piece, right? Nobody in this room knows who invented the television, yeah. but we have one every single place that we go. We got air conditioning going on in here. Nobody knows who that guy is, but there's a refrigerator over there. There's these lights. There's all these things that we get to benefit from in this world right now. And we have no idea even who these people were, but they made monumental contributions to the world. Yeah. And now they're already forgotten. Already gone. And so what makes me think that I won't be forgotten just like everybody else? Mm -hmm. And I referenced the Beatles in that yeah. record, I yeah, said, yeah. Um, remember the time the Beatles said they're more famous than Jesus? Yeah. I think it's funny because some people didn't know Paul McCartney was till he made his song with Jesus, but millions still gather on Sunday. Yo, I saw comments when Kanye dropped that record. Um, four, five seconds, yep, yep, right? Yep. 
And people were like, who's this Paul McCartney Who guy? Is he? He's Bruh. about to he's about to blow up now that he's doing a record with Kanye. Yeah. And I'm like, isn't this funny? Just 40 years ago, 50 years ago, this guy was the biggest thing in the world. And now people, some people have no idea who he is. No clue, bruh. So that all of a sudden made me feel like, dang, my life will definitely be forgotten in some way. Yeah. And that was like terrifying and freeing at the same time. It's this weird combination of those mm -hmm. things. So um, I remember just like walking through a park. Like I, I went out for a walk and I actually had to call BJ. BJ's like one of my mentors. We're going to have him in there. And I was just like, bro, I'm terrified. Like I'm walking through this park and I'm seeing this old woman walk with a dog. Mm. I'm seeing these little kids play baseball. I'm seeing these old, old men and women sitting on the... And I'm like, every single person in this park is going to die. But this park will still be here. And it was here before me, and it's going to be here after me. And time is this thing that just keeps going with or without you. And it was like this, maybe it just sounds normal. Yeah, everyone's going to die. There's a realization that the world does not revolve around you. Whoa. <laughs> In a way. Well, no, it's, but it's Whoa. a realization, and it's, that's, that's close, though. Of I the brevity of life. And here's yeah. what happened. When I thought every single one of these people is going to die, yeah, bro. including myself, all of a sudden I was having this crazy moment where I was like, why do we fight each other? Mm-hmm. Why are we mean to each other? Why do we try to one-up each other? Why do we try to steal? I'm like, we're all heading to death. Why don't we just love each other on the way there? Or care for each other. It's like, hey, man, you're heading to the grave just like me. Mm -hmm. We might as well enjoy each other or help each other on the mm -hmm. way there. Or you can take a fatalistic view like, we're all going to die and doesn't matter. I'm going to. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. So it was just this crazy like moment. And so I started reading Ecclesiastes. And the craziest part of it, of reading Ecclesiastes, was this dude, uh, Solomon, was having the same exact experiences. As you read the passages, he's saying almost the exact same things that I was feeling. I was like, this man knows. Yes. He's been there. And he said, yo, I had the baddest women. I had the best food. I had the best clothes. Solomon was known as the, the like the richest man in the world, the wisest man in the world. And he was saying the same thing. It's all a vapor. Yeah, bro. It's all vanishing, even when you have the greatest of the great. And um, it, it was this sobering moment about life. And I remember I was sitting at this concert. I took my wife out to see a, a J-Lo concert. Shout out Jenny from the block. Mm. And we were sitting before mm. the show started, right? And I'm sitting in the crowd and there's like 8,000 people sitting around. We're in Vegas. And... The show's not started yet, but everyone's sitting in droves. And I was like, I was having one of those moments again. Every single person here is going to die in the next 60 years or so. <laughs> okay. It's okay. bugged out. It's, it is a little bugged out. We'll go ahead. It is like nobody's going to be here in 100 and years. And Andy, just for the viewers, you don't partake in drugs. I do not. Not even recreational. Just correct? ayahuasca one time. I'm just playing. No, this is just. No, good. this is just like, yo, just, it, you're realizing mortality. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's great. And I'm realizing why all these other artists have songs about these topics right around the same age. Mm. J. Cole, uh, Kendrick, Mortal, Mortal Man. Man. Mortal like Man's they were all in that same age bracket when you really start thinking about yeah. this stuff because you're not a kid anymore, but you're not like old. You're like, yo, I'm coming into it's this like adult. The veil is being it's like lifted. you're gonna die. Yeah, bro. What are you gonna do with the time you got left? It's yeah. like, yo. So I started having a panic attack. At and the I, concert. At the concert. I was like... <sighs> People like, were like, wow, this guy's a big J-Lo yeah, fan. Yeah, he's, oh, he's, he's like losing he's it. Losing it. <laughs> it's getting steamy for J-Lo. <laughs> and I started having this panic attack, and I text my boy, and he said to me, just one of the things that was the most like calming thing to me, he said, man, if we didn't have death, we wouldn't know how precious each breath was. Mm -hmm. Like... Death is the reminder that the moment that we have right now is so good. Yeah. And that it's so valuable, but we take it for granted. So, like, if you know it's coming, like, this moment right now means literally the world. And so what are you going to do with it? You know, so yeah. I feel like I'm getting into the deep end, but those were oh, things that really good. brought me yeah. into all these thoughts, into these feelings that I wanted to communicate in the record. So that that is where that is where I was, right? I I'm turning 30. And I'm, I'm, I'm around people who are both older and younger in the city we live in. 
And so the older people are like, hey, way to go, Buck. You know, way to go, buddy. And the younger people are like, hey, I got a cane for you. Got a cane. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All the jokes come out. And I'm, but in my heart, I'm nervous. I'm a little anxious. I don't know what, because I am feeling the pressure of, well, what am I doing with my life? What am I supposed to be doing with my life? And, uh, and you know, we're all, I mean, I'm already doing music. I'm already doing things that some people would say that's amazing, either because I do what I love and I get paid for it or because I'm traveling the world, whatever the case may be, people will, will go, no, it's amazing that you get to do that. But there was still this random feeling of like, have I done enough? Am I doing enough? What else could I be doing? And the pressure just kind of hits you. Um, and what I've learned, even as I've gotten older and those years keep coming, um, it's the reality of what you said in the song. Like, time's gonna keep going whether I'm here or not. It is going to happen. Mm -hmm. My realization was, um, we were actually in New York um, uh, when it was still the Best Buy um, theater. 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 Yeah. And we were walking around before the show and um, somebody stopped, um, it was me and Cray and Tripp, and somebody stopped us um, and was like, hey, are y'all on the sports team? Do y'all play sports? And um, we were like, no, we don't do that. And they were like, oh, okay, we were just wondering. Um, and then one guy said, no, I know your face to Craig. You're, you're famous. And he was like, nah, none of us are famous, man. Watch this. And he stopped like 10 people. Hey, do you know who Lecrae is? Do you know who Tripoli is? Do you know who Andy Minio is? Do you know who Tadashi is? And these people just kept going by like, nah, 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 excuse me. Trying to get somewhere. No, I don't know. I don't know. And then it turned back and it was like, hey, man, see? And just kind of moved on. And I, I remember thinking like, man, that is, that's really how life is gonna be for most people. Like you're here and then you're gone and only the people nearest to you knew you. And so the pressure came, like you said, of, well, what am I, what's my contribution gonna be? What am I gonna be known for, remembered for? And then it hit more when I was like, but I don't even remember my great grandfather's name. Straight up. Like I'm here worried about contributions for my namesake, and I'm like, I don't even remember my own blood relic. I'm here because of them, and I don't even remember their name. I, don't, I know little to nothing. What's up, everybody? It's Andy Minio and Delgis Mustafa. This is the Work in Progress podcast, and we're taking a moment to shout out our sponsor, Samaritan. It's actually uh, something I use in my house, and so I'd recommend it to anyone if it's the right fit for them. So what is it? It is 80,000 plus households and growing, a community of people who are taking care of each other's medical needs as those needs arise. And so instead of sending your money to, you know, the Blue Cross and Blue Shield or whatever else, you will send it actually directly to someone in need that is inside of the Samaritan community. Uh, the same way, you know, if you have a need, you will post it and people will contribute to make sure that your needs are taken care of. So for me as a hip hop artist, I'm not rolled into any big corporate healthcare plan. I actually have to find what's best for me and my wife, uh, you know, independently. And so, and so we've tried the insurance route and it's just really expensive and not a lot of good coverage. And so with Samaritan, it ended up being this great solution for us to be able to look out for our family and make sure our needs are taken care of. If you want to learn more about it, go to SamaritanMinistries.org slash Andy Minio, and you can find out more there. Again, it's not for everybody, but it might be right for you. Go check it out. Work in progress podcast. It's great to hear you say that because that was my experience. I felt like you were starting to really get a grasp of your mortality. But I remember, correct me if I'm wrong, you were also kind of like happy about turning 30, mm. which was very different for me. Like I, you know, I didn't, uh, um, it was like 2011 when I really started um, developing a, a Christian faith. Mm -hmm. And before then, I had that understanding, and that's why I was like, oh, yeah, if you don't leave a legacy, like, that's, then you are mortal. Like, immortality to me was, like, achieved through work, mm -hmm. through, mm -hmm. like, great works and through, like, uh, contributions, through work uh, and impact in the world. Um, but when I turned 30, man, it was hard for me because... I realized that I had expected certain things to be in my life that were not present yet. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I expected to be further along in a lot of different areas. Mm -hmm. And I was almost like, if I could stop it, I would have. Like yeah. straight up, like 
chill. Actually, let's roll it back. And I remember always telling people this. My wife would always be like, yo, don't talk like that, man. Yeah. Our wives are like so wise, man, because mm-hmm. she's right. But I would be like, man, I feel like where I'm at now, like I should be turning 25. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of obviously, um, you know, complacency. I don't, I don't agree with complacency, but not when it comes at the cost of contentment. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. I think what it was is I wasn't grateful, mm-hmm. you know, and... Um, I let my ambition get in the way of my gratitude and and blinding me and it blinded me to all the great things that were present. Good. And also, man, there's just like a lack of trust there. Um, it's funny if we could look back. Uh, hindsight is twenty twenty, but if you look back, you see like why, uh, like everything makes a lot mm-hmm. of things make sense. You're like, why oh, was yeah. I there? Oh, it makes sense. Yeah, I you're like, oh well, of course. It. And like right. even myself, I know I'm like. I'm always like grateful that certain things didn't happen when I was younger because I knew what my heart was like back then now. Yeah. Once again, hindsight is 2020. And I'm like, oof. Like if I would have <laughs> had those things, man, like yeah, I would have just a, never yeah. discovered a need for God. Mm-hmm. Because the more success that I was gonna be surrounded by, mm-hmm. the more that I would just grow in my self-sufficiency and in my self-confidence mm-hmm. to a unhealthy point because those things in and of themselves aren't bad right but just i would never ever have a desire you know i i I can say that confidently in myself like had i been like wealthy really successful in my work um i probably just would have never even knocked on that door looked for those things so um you know it's it's encouraging to hear you say that as somebody else that experienced that Mm -hmm. because i really haven't met too, too many other people believe it or not that were like Man, it was hard for me to turn 30. And yeah. like, I can say that. Yeah. I almost don't want to say it like I'm being vulnerable yeah. because people look at you and you're like, oh, you're washed and you know it. You know it. <laughs> you know it. Yeah, yeah. Not, so one thing you, you know? said that, that, that made me think, I remember um, <clears throat> I learned about this and this was, um, this was a thing that helped me wrestle well with this. Um, it, it was a phrase that a buddy of mine shared called um, um, prolonged adolescence, right? Like you... Like for me, and, and this is just me walking through my own life, everybody has their own experiences. But for me, growing up without a lot of male role models, without uh, someone to really kind of lead and direct and guide me in my adolescent years, um, I found myself in my 20s still living like a teenager without a lot of direction and aspiration beyond what I was given through television, film, culture, you know, and the close friends I had at the time. And so in those moments, it was fun. It was still fun to do certain things. And, and it wasn't until I looked up later that I could look back on life. Like one, one I had a professor in college who said, um, hey man, you have a job? I said, yeah, I got a job. He said, um, I want you to do me a favor, save $200. Can you do that? Yeah, I saved $200. I was like, what do you want me to do? So I want you to go to the bank and I want you to open a Roth IRA. And I want you to put that in there. And I want you to not touch it. And he said, for 10 years, just don't touch it. Then when, when you turn 30, then I want you to start adding $100 at a time. And he was giving me game financially. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was such an adolescent in my mind. To have $200 was the world. I was like, bro, I just saved $200 cuz we going out to eat. I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not saving this money for whatever. I just couldn't yeah. get what he was telling me because I didn't have the mindset yet to see it. And yeah. so you look back and I go, man, I, I kind of, do I regret that? Do I not regret that? But ultimately what it showed me was um, there's, there's a point of awareness that you've got to have as you process and, and grow older. You've got to be able to see yourself fully um, and, and embrace that. There yeah. is no, the, the one thing that I'm, I'm starting to realize there, there are foolish things we can do. Um, but, but right or wrong is a, can be a trap. It can be mm-hmm. a prison for people, man. And it makes you feel like you, you're not doing something, um, well because somebody else is doing that thing yeah. And, yeah. and it'll eat you alive. It's weird, man. Like, I don't think I was ever like a comparison person mm-hmm. because usually like I was the first one amongst my friends with like a job, with mm-hmm. a car. So like I didn't really struggle or maybe I don't know how much I struggled from, you know, looking at my next Left door. Left or right. You know, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? It was yeah. more like these 
expectations mm-hmm. I had for mm-hmm. myself that I think were informed by um, these definitions of success. I that, grew up with ideas written down like, yo, when I get this age, I'll be this. Yeah. I'll be married or I'll have kids. Yeah. And then I, get, I hit that age and I was like, I'm not married yet. But if I went after marriage because it's on my paper, uh, then I'd have ruined somebody's life. Right, right, right. So I, I, I was grateful at that moment that I had the wherewithal to go, not ready for this. Let me chill. We'll come back to this. Yeah. Um, but I just knew for myself, I'm going to end up in a place far worse if I try to force the process. Yeah. And I had to be honest, you know, and a lot of a lot of friends that I have that I've had conversations with, we've had t- discussions about um, prolonged adolescence or with not having um, examples of people who grew older, who we could look to pull from. And so there are these moments where you kind of go, well, I got to kind of wing it and figure it out. Mm-hmm. So for me at my age now, I'm going, there's still some winging it a little bit, but um, it's not aimless. Right. It, it's definitely not aimless. Before, I think it was it was winging it and there was not really an aim other than what the day brought me. But mm. but now I'm like, no, there's there's got to be an aim because like I mean, we're not here forever. You know, it's That's not good. given, bro. Let me know yeah. if you guys relate to this, because this is something I found in myself. Okay. I found that I took a lot of pride in being the youngest person in the room. Yeah. Um, and being the one that is surrounded by older people, like, uh, you know, I've had like things that I was doing for work before. I was literally the youngest mm-hmm. and like the the top like salesperson. Yeah, that's a badge. And even of honor, though I'm bro. the youngest, that's a badge of honor, yeah. Man. And this is what happened, yo. I went from always being the youngest in the room and getting pride from that to now almost always being one of the oldest in the room. And feeling like shame. Yeah. <laughs> Where I'm yeah. like, yeah. wait, what, what am I doing with all these young balls over here? Like, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? They're like <laughs> young balls. <laughs> and I realized like, and now mind you, I get to talk a lot about this stuff because I am at a place right now where I'm like, man, you always hear people say like, yo, in the, in, usually your most effective like fruitful years are in your 30s and 40s because like you've really like matured Mm -hmm. and now and and a lot of like artists a lot of their prolific works happen in this range so i'm like walking in like excited now you know what i'm saying but it took um, a second to get there it took a second to get there and then also though but also i i want to know if for you guys that ever happened where where you were usually the youngest people you took pride from that and then you literally find yourself on the complete opposite side of the spectrum. No question. I was for sure super young. I was signed a re- like a record deal the moment, the day I got out of college. I signed the same month I graduated. And then I came on the scene and my first album did 30,000 units in the first week and it was like Yeah. Six months later, I dropped another record that mm-hmm. was just digital and did almost 30,000 records because we tried to put it out so quick. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yo, <laughs> got in with Sway, got in with everybody. And it seemed like every week something obscene was happening. It was like, yo, the following week, my Neverland album comes out. I go to uh, thisis50.com to do an interview with Jack Thriller. And 50 Cent is there. And he's like, hey, what's up? And Jack Thriller's like, yo, he got the number one album on iTunes right now. And all of a sudden, 50 Cent is like, come in my office. And I'm sitting down in 50 Cent's office for two hours talking about music and life with this guy. And I'm like, how did this just happen, (laughs) right? Imagine me, though. I'm like 25, 24. This is all happening. And I'm like, yo, what? How am I sitting here with, like, my high school idol, you know? And we're just like shooting the breeze, you know what I'm saying? He's like, yo, come over here. Let me show you this music video I'm working on. it, And I'm like, yep, just hang out 50 Cent. <laughs> this stuff is happening quick. So, you know, I had like, you're just enjoying the ride. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Young. And then, um, you know, it's just like, where do you go from there? Right. Like you either continue to exponentially grow, which is a very difficult thing. And there's so many things that are out of your control, like timing, uh, the marketplace. You know, we were, there was also a sweet spot right there where it was post CD, but pre-streaming. 
So if you wanted an album, you had to buy it digitally. Mm -hmm. And so in that little gap, those monies and those sales were going directly to us. And it was just like, yeah, gone. So now, you know, your stream is worth nothing. Nada. You know, and there's so much access to music. It's just a different time. So yeah. it's like a lot of those things were out of my control. But I did. I was definitely the youngest guy. I felt like, you know. <laughs> a young man running circles around the old dudes. Like, that's how I used to kind of feel yes. about stuff. And I always used to be like, like when I'd be watching like a basketball game or like older dudes and like the dudes were watching are my age. But they're like way older. I'm like, yo, what must that be like to watch? Like, yes. you're watching these young dudes that are like, yeah, millionaires, dog. Yeah. And you're like twice their age. I'm like, you know, there was a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yo, I'm opening. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm like opening. Like, like, all right, we're getting vulnerable no, now. No, 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 no. I'm just showing you like all yeah. the janky stuff that I would have yeah. in my heart that yeah. I would think. Cause I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'm not on their level, but at least I'm not like mad older yeah. than them, dog. Yeah. Like over here. And now, it's different. And, you know, I, I don't know if you want to, because I have a question to piggyback off of that, but yeah. did you ever deal with that too? Like just being a young dude yeah, and like getting what, pride from being with the older dude? Well, I'm thinking about what you're saying and I'm just wondering what it reminded me of hearing you say that. And I don't know if, I don't know if that was a part of it or not, but it reminded me of like um, uh, Napoleon Dynamite. When, uh, when my man played football, his uncle played football in high school, and that's all he lived for was high school, <laughs> in the field with the camera, throwing the ball at the mountains. Watch this. I, boy, I can toss yeah, a pigskin. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, I forget yeah, his yeah. name right now, uncle something. But, yeah. uh, but, he's, but I'm, I'm like, I think there was twofold for me in that regard. Like, it was definitely um, being the youngest at one point and going, like, I remember going, like, I'm the young, like, I, I was a freshman and made varsity football. I was a freshman and was, like, running circles around dudes. Um, my first attempts at most of anything I did athletically, I was just as good, if not better. So those mm. things were real badges of honor. They were moments of pride. And it's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, this will be forever, right? Yeah. It'll yep. be forever until I step on a court and then somebody is 10 years younger and they're like, here, man, sure, let, let's go, check up. And I'm like, well. They dunk on you. No, first. Game blouses. Not, I ain't got time to get dunked on. My man went by me. And I was just like, well, time for me to sit down. Sub. Who's going to sub in? Um, bro, it was, it was embarrassing. And you just kind of go, wait, does, does this really happen? And, I'm, and I just remember the words my mom would say to um, all my cousins who were older than me but younger than her. And she'd be like, just keep living. Just keep living. And you realize, man, there's every, like Solomon, like you said in the book of Ecclesiastes, every, every position in life has a season. And, and yeah. that season leaves. That season's gone. Like, I love springtime, but winter's coming. You know, no, no yeah. plug for anything specifically. But, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> but ultimately, I'm just like, man, there's definitely that reality that we're not raised to think. And then on top of that, it's hard to see because in your youth, there are so many fascinating things. Um, there are these things that you see that are phenomenal about life, but you end up realizing real quick, this is a different season now. I got to adjust. I got to adjust. So I just went to go see um, uh, the Hawks play um, San Antonio. And so I'm in the arena watching, and Vince Carter's playing for the Hawks now. And so, you know, f that's from my era. Like, that was from yeah. when I was growing up with, yeah. with, like, oh, I'm a fan. I'm a, he's a yeah. star. And LaMarcus Aldridge is on the court making people look like little babies. Like, it's ridiculous how good he is. And Vince is, you know, trying to guard him. But at some point, as he's bodying with him, he just kind of steps back. And lets, man, he lets him do a drop step and he dunks and gets the ball and he goes out of bounds. And then he goes back and plays offense. And I, I can just see him. I, you saw him give up ground. And I was like, I mean, he's 43 or 42 and retiring. Yeah, that makes sense. You're yeah. not 29 and in your pride ready to battle LaMarcus Aldridge mm, yeah, on the block. Yeah. It's a different game for you now. Then he came down court, three passes later, caught the ball, made a three, and went back down the court. And I was like, oh, his whole game is different. He's contributing yeah. differently. Contributing. You, you have to see it that way. You've got to learn yeah, how to adjust. Good. And I think it's, it's also important to note that setting milestones and having goals and – is not in and of itself bad. Right. You know, like, that was the thing that I struggled with that I used to tell my wife. I was like, man, I just feel by now I should be here, 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 here. Mm -hmm. I should have this, 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 this in line. And 
I think the fact that I had those things in my mind um, as like just markers, it, it's okay. Yeah. It's not necessarily bad. Like to be like, yo, by the time my child is this age, I want them to have these, mm -hmm. I want to have these things in place for them. Mm -hmm. It's not bad. I think when it doesn't happen though, and your response is self-deprecation yeah. and shame and like yeah. all this stuff, I think that's when it becomes right. bad. And mm -hmm. you know that the thing was more than it was. I want to ask this, this last thing because I don't think we have too much time. Being that we're in the entertainment business, mm -hmm. yeah. and you know, it's a young bulls game. It for is, bro. Sure. Yeah. It is, bro. And now, I mean, me as a, a, you know, I manage Andy, and now you got some artists that are like managed by their boys. And I, I was reading an article that some managers are like 16, 15, and like lawyers are having a hard time dealing with them or whatever yeah. because it's yeah. like these, it's like these 15 year old artists managed by like 15 year old kids, and like I gotta like. I haven't come across this, but like, yeah. you know, now you got to deal with them. You know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. being like, sometimes it feels like that. Sometimes it feels like, like we're dealing. You're with still dealing with a <laughs> They're like, no, but, 15, but you 48. Know, this Why? is like a young boys Why? game, and if you're like, a, if you're a rapper and mm -hmm. you're like 30, people are like, oh, dude, you're done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, like it's over for you. Um, when you have like a new generation coming up that are so young, yeah. How did how have you guys walked into into that or aging as rappers? Unfortunately, like there's a conversation we were having yesterday. Fortunately, hip hop is aging, and yeah. gracefully, like you got Jay, you got Nas, yeah. you got so many artists that are like still relevant, still influential. Um, obviously, they're not at their peak like they once were. Mm -hmm. But um, they've shown us that it can happen. You know, you can age gracefully because the genre is relatively young. But how have both of you walked into, into your careers now, aging? How have you felt about that? Yeah. Can I take it? I got it. Um, so for me, man, there is, like I was saying before, there is this place of um, adjusting how you contribute, right? Mm. Like, like, I don't... At one point, there was, there was time, energy... And, and availability to do what a 16-year-old could go do in a career. Um, but I'm a, I'm a dad, a husband, and I got responsibilities elsewhere that make me adjust how I attack this. There's still, I, I don't think, and, and that's, the, the idea of it is, um, a friend of mine said, uh, your body gets old, but your mind never does. Mm. Like in your head, you're still whatever you once were. And then reality is when your body steps in and goes, no, 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 slow it down. That's not you. And so I'm, I'm stepping into this going, okay, I still, I'm still competitive. I'm still driven. I'm still hungry. And at the same time, those things cannot supersede how I take care of my kids, how I love my wife, how I, that, that, you know, before they weren't there, it was different. So now um, I'm having to adjust. In addition to that, though, I'm definitely aware of how, I need to think through um, what gracefully looks like. If aging gracefully is a thing, then what does that look like for me specifically? Um, and, and recently talking with my friends, uh, one of the ideas have been um, knowing how to pivot, right? Like one of my idols in hip hop has always been Dr. Dre. Um, and Dre either being at the right place at the right time or just having the wherewithal on knowing when to say no he just knew how to pivot, right? Mm. To pivot, to pivot away from NWA, to pivot out of, um, out of uh, Death Row Records, to pivot into Tag, um, right? All, all of that. He just knew how to pivot, and he's still in hip hop. Now, now, my little nephew, who's 18, is not looking for Dr. Dre's music, but if it comes out, he's aware of who he is yeah. because he knew how to pivot and not belabor the position. And so, my desires recently has been like, how do I? How do I still do what I love, but not make it solely the thing? Because as you do age, you gotta learn how to pivot. You gotta learn, you gotta learn, I'm not on the block with you no more. I'll go out and hit a three. I'll go and get some rebounds, but you know, that's it, I'm good. And then being okay with that and walk, and here's the other side of it, walking with people to help them be okay with that. Cause you know, I was a freshman on the varsity team, that's a big deal. And you kind of, you know, feel yourself, but, it, but you still have to go be on the team. You still gotta help the older heads be like, hey, I deserve to be here too, guys. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me be on the team. Like you still gotta earn respect, you still gotta earn the position beyond just 
what's been given. Yeah. So I've I've had to kind of learn. I've had to learn how to do that. You know, like I'm I'm I just put out an album a week ago, and so it's still that idea of about like, a week oh, ago. Oh, yeah, come on. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm still over here like, yo, people still want to hear. Like they're still listening. I told Trip, I was like, people not tired of our voices yet. Like that's weird in my brain. And I was but, gonna say that that's probably like your best project, bro. Thank you. The latest, yeah. you know, in your career. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that boy Joe was tripping off of Get Off My Way. Get Off, get my, off way. my Way. I'm like, that's yeah, crazy. Right. Yeah, bro. That's what I was gonna say. Is like there, there's, there's also this element of like hip hop is aging, and and it's gonna be interesting to see over the next twenty years what that looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, when Jay hits sixty and seventy, yeah. and some of these guys who are, you know, if they, you know. Lord willing, they live that long and everything. Yeah. It's like, that's incredible to see a genre age. And like, mm-hmm. you see like uh, some of these OGs like doing arena tours still. Yes. You know what I'm saying? In like yes. their 60s and 70s, like Stones out, Rolling like Stones. Yeah, sure. You're well, like, whoa. So two things I want to hit on because yeah, I know we're running out of time, but you talked about Dr. Dre. And one of the things that was actually very encouraging to me because yeah. we, had a, we had a kid come to our meet and greet this week and he was like, Hey man, I'm 27. I feel like I'm running out of time. Yeah, remember? Yeah, and I he remember was him. like, yeah. and I was like, was I me. didn't want to laugh at him. <laughs> you know, I was like, 27, 27, dog. You're so young. You got like, well, what was dope was watching the um, that documentary. What was it called? The it, uh, the defiant, defiant ones. Defiant yeah. ones. And watching yeah, Dr. Bro. Dre come out and have ton of success, and it was like, yo, you're on top of the world. And then I didn't know this. Like he went quiet duds. for like 10 years yeah, with bro. duds. Dud, Fern, Aftermath, come on, Dud, yes, Dud, Dud, and then he came back with Chronic 2001, and you were like, "This is a hip hop classic." Yeah, bro. And so to know that, like, that's part of the journey. Peaks and valleys, bro. Is that you have peaks and valleys, but if you're only if you're only used to the peaks. Come and on. it's only been happening that way. That's good. You're like devastated when a valley comes because mm-hmm. you're like, this ain't supposed to happen. It's mm-hmm. like, no, happens to everybody. Yeah. I watched mm-hmm. Founder, the McDonald's movie. Yeah, bro. The guy uh, who owns the biggest the McDonald's franchise. Like, <laughs> it was he, the worst. It was crazy, <laughs> right? It was the worst. It was the worst. The guy who owns McDonald's and franchise that become like the biggest company in the world, period. Dude was selling milkshake machines at like 55 years old. Yeah, bro. And that's when it turned on. Same thing with Kentucky Fried Chicken. Bourdain. Like, Bourdain didn't Bourdain. find his success till later yeah. in life. And what I realized is like nothing, like nothing is wasted with God. Like, yeah, bro. All the experiences up to those points when you have your moment for whatever it is you're gonna do, Yo, they're meant to be there. Everybody has their own path. Mm-hmm. Like their own some path people. And their own time. At 10, they know what they want to do with their life. And so, because they have that singular focus, at 17, they're getting a record deal. Some people don't start really seeing success in what they want to do. 40s, 50s. You remember the Yvonne Ramen episode in Chef's yes. Table? He was Chef's like just struggling, they didn't know what he wanted to do. Like, and then way later in his life, somebody's like, yo, you love food, man. You should, do, like, cook. Right, right, right. And right. he's like, all right, I'm going to go to sure. culinary school. Like, right. it was that simple. And the guy is on Chef's Table now. Right. Like, huge. Chef's Table's a Had huge a really successful. You know, I think yeah, it's huge. You know what it is, man? I think also there's something unique about us in that we're not willing to have everything serve our career mm-hmm. because of our worldview we um, really strive to have the correct priorities and things. So I was speaking to Tim recently, and he's like, look, man, you, like, Andy, there's going to be a lot of stuff that Andy's doing now that the second he has a child, he's just not going to want to do. And it's the same thing with me. Like, if I was managing Andy when I was 25 and single, all his tours, I'd be like, yo, I'm going on the whole tour, bro. Now... I'm like, all right, bro, what are the important dates? All right, LA, this, I'm going to hop in and hop out, bro, because I don't want to leave my wife. Like, I don't want to be away from her for too long. Like, I'm already seeing it, and I don't have kids. I don't have kids, and there's already wild things that I'm like, I'm not willing to do that. Versus young and single, it's like, oh, bro, I'm down to go on tour all year Mm -hmm. and be home three days. Mm -hmm. Like, are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things that we're not willing to do, and more and more, what I'm learning from this whole conversation is that I think the key to aging gracefully is, because I think ambition is good, but the key to aging gracefully is contentment and humility. 
Gratitude. It's like being yeah. grateful for, and then yeah. having to, because that's what you explained about Vince Staples and your, uh, Vince Staples. <laughs> Vince Carter <laughs> yeah, in your, in yeah. your illustration. Yeah. There was a humility to be like, hey, bro, I'm not going to try to keep it. up with you. you. And yeah. there was a contentment for like, this is the role I play mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. And I think if you could get those two things while not sacrificing, and because I think it's good, man. And I think that in your 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s, there's still so much you can do to impact yeah. the people around yeah. you, the world. And I think it's good to work and continue to work and keep mastering and honing your craft all the way till you can't. Yo, Picasso at 90 was still going hard. Yeah. Pumping yeah, out works and works and works. Yeah. I think that is so, so admirable. But um, I think contentment and humility is the key to aging gracefully. Yeah. And if we have both men turning 30, turning 40, turning it won't 50, matter, it's going to be a delight. You, you, what you said earlier was good about... Um, oh, earlier, not uh, what I just said. No, no, no. What you Thanks, said just now was mediocre. Ah, it was a little It was kind of fortune cookie. But... Uh, no, 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 and for the ones that are unfortunate enough that maybe they have to have this lifestyle where you go, okay, um, now I've hit this age, but there's no one here. I've outlived them all. Oh. That was my uncle. I talked to him and I said, what's the hardest thing? He, military vet, he fought in the Vietnam War, uh, did two tours of that. He came back, he worked at, um, a, he was an um, um, ophthalmologist. Then he went and he did, um, he worked at a college and then he retired from, so he has three, he has three retirements. <clears throat> he's 80, he's about to be 81. And I was like, what, what, do you, what do you deal with? And he was like, I'm the only one left. It's not fun being the only one left. Remember at one point you were proud of that? Like, I'm the only one, I'm running circles around these old dudes. And he's like, I'm the only one. Dang. That's not fun. I, I had a, a friend, I'll, and I'll wrap with this. I know we yeah. gotta close yeah. it up. We could talk about this forever, but um, I had a friend tell me like, man, I, I really hope that I don't miss life wishing for what's ahead of me. Mm-hmm. And I think there's also Ooh. becomes a point in time when you could miss life thinking about what's behind you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the dude from Napoleon. Yeah, Venom. bro. And, yes. right? Yes. And so, the, like what you're saying, I think the key piece here, and this is what I'm trying to work on and understand, is like gratitude in this present moment. Yeah, bro. Grateful for what I have right now because, yo, isn't it so crazy when you're out of the season you're in, you always wish you had that mm -hmm. or you're looking forward. But it's like, like, I look forward to having kids. I look forward to... And, and sometimes when people have kids, they're like, I can't wait till these kids are older because then they, <laughs> they can, can get right, out right, of right. the so house. house. And then when they get older, they're like, I just wish they were little wish kids were again, little kids those again. little moments. Yeah, and so there's, there's always this grass is greener situation. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think what you're talking about, contentment and gratitude is like a major key yeah. to, to hey, appreciating man. it. So I'm grateful well, to be here right well, now with both of y'all and everybody else talking about this right now at yeah, this bro. very age. 1988. <laughs> 1988, baby. Yo. Right now. 1988. Hey, the choice to hit, bro. It's a classic, man. Yo. Yeah.